0: Smoke break. Okay, because of all of that, this is what my thought is. Bishop would make the, make the best way to be able to introduce the, Mar- the X-Men into the Cinematic Universe because he's coming from an alternate timeline that has nothing to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So he gets to have all the ability of backstory and exposition while not having to have any of the canonical knowledge of the movie. So it's like simultaneously he gets to tell us about mutants while not being held to know anything about the MCU, which is perfect because that's exactly how you're going to have to play this. In my opinion and my original idea, I was going to say y'all need to grab mutants from a completely different time zone and bring them over into the MCU. But I think now that that would be a really unclassy. I think that that's lazy and it just doesn't come off as interesting. What I think you should do And this was kind of done in days of future past, but they'd already built the team, so it's not the same. I think you should let Bishop come back from the future, first and foremost, into the past, And then once he's in the past, I think from there Bishop needs to be focused on trying to unite the X-Men together and keep them alive. In the comic books, he was trying to kill certain people. And sometimes in the anime series, he was trying to kill certain people to save his timeline. I think Bishop needs to completely give up on his timeline and just save the past so that his timeline never comes to exist on some Trunks Dragon Ball Z type shit. Like I ain't even worried about my timeline or what happens to my people. Everybody fucking dead. That's what, that's what Bishop needs to be on because Bishop is really one of the better X-Men characters to me outside of like uh, Omega Red or Sabretooth, maybe Dakin, X-23, um, Badger, people like that. So I know a lot of them are going to get movies. Bishop though on the other hand has the perfect opportunity to introduce the X Men, due to the fact of him not being from the MCU. So, what I'm thinking is, you bring Bishop out, you let Bishop kind of have his own movie to start things off, but you use him as a springboard to start the rest of the MCU. You don't, you for that way, if Bishop fails, the MC, the, the X Men don't fail. Bishop fails, not the X Men. Bishop is just the starting point to the X-Men being introduced into the bigger world. He is not the mainstay. He is not the slice. He might get two or three movies, maybe if people like him, but he's not there for that. He's there to get a one and done, just like the Eternals. You know, I doubt there's going to be an Eternals 2 or an Eternals 3, but you know, if the money's right, Disney will always make sequels, just like any Hollywood studio. But I just don't think that they're planning an Eternals 2. Like, I know they're planning a Shang-Chi Two. I know they're playing a Shang. I know that they're gonna do a Shang Chi too. But look, I digress. I'm saying that. Look, it, I'm saying that if side characters like Shang Chi can get full fledged movie deals, Bishop should definitely get a movie deal to introduce the X Men. Now, I know that I've said that a couple of times, so let me break down exactly how I would do this movie so that way you guys, of course, like always, will be able to understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about doing this movie properly and doing it in a way that will get people the most bang for your buck and at the same time create a good movie. You know, you want to create something that people are actually going to enjoy when they watch and they talk about it with, you know, excitement. So the first thing on the list is that act one of this movie has to be about showing us how bad the future is that Bishop is escaping from. I would like the attention getter of this movie to be personally, uh, like Bishop fighting in the past, or honestly, A lot of this movie that I'm about to pitch you guys is based off of the Bishop Mount Joy crisis issues one through four of the Bishop series, which was a huge canon piece of my growing up as a kid and getting into comic books, which is probably why I'm actually doing this as like the third episode of my podcast. But nonetheless, I still believe that Bishop would be an incredible character. So. Bishop is fighting this, uh, so Bishop is fighting this crazy mission with his futuristic XSE, Xavier Security Enforcement Team, and they are in the process of capturing these super deadly mutants. It's his sister and his two homeboys and Bishop. They're uh, clearing this building, taking down targets, uh, you know, putting handcuffs on mutants, the whole shebang, until they get to this one last mutant who self-detonates and kills everybody on the team except for Bishop and at the last second when it looks like Bishop is about to be torn to pieces um he says you know start over and the mission starts all the way to the very beginning scene that we just watched and then it plays out kind of a little bit faster again to the scene we we just caught where Bishop is blowing up and he basically he speeds that up a couple times and it zooms back and we're watching we're watching like a shield helicarrier you know uh we're watching like a shield helicarrier do this shit. And we're like, oh, okay. Um, what's the backstory on this guy? And be like, Not, don't know. Not really much to be told. We found him. Uh, we found him a couple months back. Uh, he, or we we found him a couple days back. He's got all of this futuristic gear and he, said, he says he's here to save someone called the X-Men. Who the hell are the X-Men? And be like, yeah, that's the exact same question I asked him. And he was like, I don't know, this guy seems freaking weird. So, Basically, the X-Men have never formed in this universe at all. There's no record of them. There's no knowledge. There's no 1964 Cold War situation. They're completely not existent Xavier can still walk. Magneto can still walk. All of them are still, like, very young. Well, no, no, Xavier and Magneto are already on their separate paths. So Xavier is already in the wheelchair. Magneto is already, like... Kind of just underground international terrorist. Or underground. He's a underground myth right now. That's what I would say. At this point, Magneto is like an underground Instagram. Or not, he's like an underground internet myth. This guy who can bend metal with his mind. You know, there's a couple of videos of him, but nobody thinks he's real. He's just probably like another freaking Chris Angel or something. Sorry, y'all. It's freaking yawn. A little tired. record this a little later than I expected. Um, so yeah, the, I'm thinking this is the first act. We really go into building the world in which Bishop is coming into, which is a post-Thanos um, world. So the world is shaken. They're not shocked by time travel because they definitely watched time travel occur and didn't ask any fucking questions. Um, so they know that time travel is for sure possible in this universe. They just watch people who were gone for five years come back with no explanation that they probably really got. So they know time travel is possible. So one more person popping up right when Bishop popped up, like like if Bishop popped up right when the snap happened with everybody else, he wouldn't stand out too much. But when he doesn't know anything about the MCU or what's been going on or Thanos or any of that, that's when he's really gonna stand out. And with that, that's where we get to have a lot more fun with this movie. So, basically, the bishop starts the process of finding the X-Men. So, he finds Charles, they find Cyclops, they find Gene, they find Beast, Iceman, the whole first five. Once he's developed the first five, he helps the team start to get into their groove as as a team. Like, you know, he tells Charles that one day you're going to be a great leader and you're going to go on to, to... Show him in an amazing path and this and that and all this other stuff and basically tells him how Xavier is going to go on to inspire Bishop's generation, even in the future, to be who they are. So that's pretty much the whole first arc. Uh, the first. The, oh, no. One more thing. When Bishop comes through this portal, we're finally going to get like a flashback of Bishop coming through this portal once the, the, he finally gets everybody together and somebody asks him, how did he end up back here? And he's going to explain it to him. And he's going to explain that basically he was chasing an international criminal through the past and they used, like let's say anywhere from three to five criminal criminals, used a time portal in order to escape from Bishop and the police and to get, uh, basically disappear to the past. And he came back to the past not only to save the X Men, stop his future, but to also stop these criminals who, who are risking destroying the time space continuum with their actions right now. So that's all happening. And I want the movie's antagonist, or yeah, antagonist, to be a character, same one from the comic books, the Mountjoy Crisis, aka Mr. Mountjoy himself. Now, to give a little bit of backstory on who this villain is and why he is so scary, Mountjoy's abilities, if you could even call them those, is the ability to absorb individuals into his own being. So if you've ever seen like Stranger Things season three, it's kind of like that creature, but he like physically absorbs you into himself. Um, so, so you become a part of him and he digests you. So he eats people, first of all. Second of all, he eats them by touching them and physically pulling their entire mass inside of himself and adding it on to his own mass and changing that mass into energy and or physical powers. He also has the ability to steal mutants powers as if they were his own if he touches said mutant. So, to give you an example of what this means, if he were to touch Gambit, he would have the ability to purposely know how to throw cards and all of the things, all the experiences that Gambits had, as well as he'd be eating Gambit temporarily as he digests. It takes about 24 hours, according to the comic books, for him to digest a person. In the movie world, you can change this up however you need be. Uh, but it's also said that he can he can digest up to three people at a time and he can slow the digestion process as when it comes to mutants in order for that way he can use their powers for a sustained longer amount of time. So he can eat up to three people and use their powers in tandem together. In the comics, he used this to eat Angel, Psy- Psylocke, and Gambit all at once. And he was able to use all of their abilities together. So he combined Gambit's ability to make anything a kinetic... Expo- anything that he touches into an explosive using the kinetic energy of everything that he stores naturally throughout his body, and then he uses he used Archangel's abilities to throw his metal wings together to make explosive wings, and then psionic blades on, attached to him using Psylocke's powers. So there's all kinds of scary stuff that this man could do, but he's more of a horror movie villain which is why I really kind of want him. I think the MCU has been kid friendly for long enough, you're reaching a time where a lot of the kids who grew up with your movies are now adults so you can make more adult content with scarier tones but it can't be rated r which i get you still want at the end of the day to appeal to children but they have to have scarier more realistic villains where they can identify who's a villain and who is just a good guy this movie will be that so mount joy i want to make uh, some kind of appearance before the end of act one i want him to eat somebody or something. And then on top of that, I want him to realize that Bishop got to the same timeline that he did. And he did that that Bishop is here hunting him. Um, I want him to see him somewhere and just be like, oh, okay. Maybe in the process of of getting the last X-Men, Bishop is spotted by Mount Joy. Maybe that's something that we could do. So then then this takes us into Act 2. Act 2 is where Bishop kind of trains the X-Men more than anything else. And Mount Joy goes on the more obvious attack patterns. So this is where Mount Joy, we're really going to start to see why he's such a sinister villain. He's probably going to eat a mutant of some kind, some kind of B level or C level mutant that we've had some screen time with, maybe got approached to be a part of the X-Men and said no. And then Mount Joy ate them. Now, yeah, legit, like ate them in Act Two. So then Mountjoy is trying to get more research on Bishop to figure out how to stop them. And he's also researching which X Men he's found so far. So that way he can figure out which ones he can either go get or which ones he can still. You know, try to use in order to defeat Bishop because he knows that Bishop is going to find him eventually. Like, Bishop is a top tier tracker. Bishop is a cop. He's a detective and he's from the future and he has future tech. He will eventually find Mountjoy. Mountjoy knows this. So instead of waiting for Bishop to find him, he's rather trying to go on the offensive. So I think he should cause some level of chaos that will bring Bishop out of hiding and the X-Men out of hiding as well. But the X-Men will fumble the mission. Um. So so Bishop will handle the mission solo dolo, which will be dope. I would like this. And then this leads to Bishop... Um, so this leads to the third act. The third act, which is the, so this leads to the very end of the second act, which which gets kind of rough. Where this person who has been kidnapped by Mountjoy and is being used right now and ran around with in order to control, uh, in order to you know make Bishop give chase to them, is basically thrown up, and then Mountjoy attacks Bishop and absorbs him. And then the third act is Mount Joy and Bishop in a psychological battle as Mount Joy tries to as Mountjoy makes his way back to the mansion and tries to pretend to be Bishop with the new X-Men. So like he's on his way back to the mount the he's on his way back to the mansion and Bishop is trying to take back control of his body from Mount Joy before he gets to the uh mansion and you know absorbs all the X-Men that are there and he's going back and forth back and forth and back and forth and he's trying it's basically like a psychological duality it's a psychological versus battle all of act three and it's just them going back and forth as they slowly pull up to the mansion and then it looks like he's starting to lose all hope because right when he pulls up to the mansion he sees probably like let's say Cyclops and he's you know and then Cyclops he, he, Bishop is finally able to push off Mount Joy, but in the process of pushing off Mount Joy and recovering, Cyclops gets absorbed. And then let's say Beast, and then let's say Iceman. So we know that Mount Joy is either going to try to get, you know, Jean Grey or Professor X next, and then he'll have psych, uh, psychic abilities, and then he'll be unstoppable. So Bishop is, has to do, so now things are looking really bad bad going into act four because all he has to do now is just grab professor x and it's over or or gene gray it doesn't really matter to be honest so bishop uh you know finds his resolve finally starts to get up gets his strength get together and figures out that gene that the professor and gene gray are not at the at the house but they're going to be home soon so he knows that mount joy is going to stay on the property and he's going to try to wait it out and try to capture one of these two so bishop plays it you know once he's recovered he goes to wherever he's been uh hiding his future weapons on the mansion he stacks all his future weapons and gets ready for you know, the Professor and Jean Grey to arrive home and the fight that he's going to have to have with Mount Joy. As soon as Mount Joy arrives, we got to we got to get into the fight right then and there. It's got to pop off. Like as soon as, as the limo pulls up, it's got to pop off into a fight mode. Uh, but this has got to be the act four fight. So this is where Bishop has to overcome, beat Mount Joy and save everybody or at least try to save everybody and then either get stranded in the past or he dies. I'm legit cool with Bishop getting a one and done movie. I wouldn't like that, but I understand that if if we do that to say that he inspired us to be the X-Men and to pursue. He's their Coulson, but he actually gets to be a real freaking Coulson. So it's like we're going to make these fucking MacGuffin movies where teams are inspired to come together because of some MacGuffin situation or person. I would rather that person actually get their own movie where it's fleshed out why they are the MacGuffin character and why they're so important to this team in the early days of their formation. And I think that Bishop will allow will allow the X-Men that inclusion into the Marvel MCU. It's canonical because of the fact of the Thanos snap, and the best thing about it is that it's a black guy with a freaking... M burn mark slash tattoo over his eye, which is super badass, I have to admit. Like, if they did it right camera-wise, it would be the most badass kind of scar, because it would go right up the ridge of his nose, right down to the middle of his eye, back up and down to the side of his cheek to face. Be a super savage M-Tat scar. But, I mean, that's what it all depends on. I mean, to me, that's what would make the character so much more uh, unique, which is gonna make him more identifiable and people more interested in the character. I mean, that black M tattoo on his face as a kid was one of the biggest things that stood out to me that made me really love the Bishop character. So I always thought about how, if you wanted to adapt the movie, having this uh, like really muscular guy with guns and an M tattoo on his face, does sound really savage. I mean, that's a, that's a savage ass dude. The M stands for mutant. Like I'm letting it known, I got powers from jump, but really the M is like the equivalent of the Jewish tattoos that were put on them in the holos, on the Holocaust camp. And once you start to really understand the background of the M's in the X-Men comic books, it just gets real dark. It gets real dark on what the meaning of the M and how dark the future he comes from was, but he's trying to make the best of it in the early days of the comic book, before the the remakes and everything else. But at this point, I got to say that, like, I want this movie to be made because right now they're they're going back and forth on how to introduce the X-Men into the Marvel MCU universe. I think the best way to introduce them is to not introduce them, is to completely sidestep it and then let the people just like, let them be introduced through the actions of another person. And then it validates it on a different level. Let, like, people are are accepting right now in the MCU of you telling them about characters they've never heard of before. They've never heard of them before. They've never seen them on screen before. And you're willing to tell them about it. They're willing to see movies about it. So I'm saying if you have that ability, I would use it to tell a story about a character that's more maybe sorta we could come away big with this, then a guaranteed that people can build expectations about. Cause if you drop any movie named Xavier, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Iceman, Beast, anything X-Men, there's expectations on that shit because X-Men has had, although a lot of failures, including Days of Future Past, X-Men 3, Wolverine Origins, and there's a couple other ones to name, they've also had extreme successes, including the original X-Men, X-Men Days of Future Past in some moments, uh, Logan, uh, X-Men 2, there's a lot of movies, especially X-Men, um, uh, the one that's based in the night, first class. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of X-Men movies that have been huge successes. But that means that there's also a standard for what people are willing to accept. Just like if you look at the Spider-Man series, because we're on the third Spider-Man, we're not accepting just any old person playing Spider-Man. Tom Holland gets so much love and praise because he learned the mistakes both Spider-Man before him made. And he did not make either one of them. The um the original Spider-Man, Mr. Tobey Maguire, he couldn't embody Peter Parker. And then Andrew Garfield couldn't embody. No, no, Pe- and no, Peter Tobey Maguire embodied Peter Parker, but he didn't do a good job embodying Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield embodied Spider-Man, but his two Peter Parker was too damn cool. But that's the thing that makes Tom Holland the perfect blend because he saw all right I need to be nerdy geeky I need to still feel like you know I have to come off on screen almost like I'm not popular like people can't see me be like oh this kid's so cool no they gotta come off and be like this kid's kind of a fucking loser and that's the point Peter Parker's not supposed to be liked he's not well loved or received and I'm getting off topic I know a little bit but the point of this is is that those movies have a standard of what you will accept and what you will watch because there's been three iterations of it so far. With X-Men you're on the third iteration at this point. So the same standard, the same high tier standard is going to be there. But I would say just like you used Marvel you use Marvel Civil War to introduce Spider-Man before you actually introduce Spider-Man, you need to do the same thing for the X-Men. You need to have a buffer movie that gives people time to get used to the idea of mutants that's not directly called the X-Men. Kinda like uh, an appetizer before you give them the full entree, which is the X-Men. Cause they are gonna be eating that dish for a solid 10 years. So I would take your time really building the X-Men out as much as you can, especially when you think about how much they're gonna have to. Be In the Avengers and all other situations and how much you're going to have to use Logan once you introduce a Logan. Hey, man, I would rather have some X-Men characters that don't fucking matter. I don't want to rely on the top five X-Men characters every time I build the franchise. One of the best things about the MCU is y'all's ability to make movies that aren't the fucking expected and they snap. You need to think about this when you're thinking about building the X-Men. You need to pick a movie that no one would expect you to pick. And that's why Bishop comes in at such a solid pick. He's black, he's a strong character, he's from the future, and he knows nothing about the MCU. So he cannot break any of the canonical rules because he doesn't know anything about the canon. He was never there for anything before the moment he jumped into the timeline. And everything he knows about your timeline is wrong. In your timeline, in your timeline, half the stuff that, that has happened never happened in his. So he already knows that he's in a fucked up place, and that's the best part about this movie. Like when you think about it on on paper. This hoe would have the ability to open up the, the uh, future verse of X-Men so that you can do X-Men future movies like when Bishop, what Bishop was doing before he got sent to the future. So you could do stuff like bring back Cable or bring in Cable from Cable and Deadpool. There's so much stuff, man. But then on top of everything else, you still got Bishop in the past. So in the, Bishop in the past could easily link up with Cable or Deadpool or anybody else, anybody who can link on to his time signature and then jump to the same space that he is. It's just that simple, or at least that's how you can set it up in movies. They don't have to be complicated. People don't want complicated. People want easy breezy, simple to the point, great to watch. That's, that's what people are talking about. They want easy breezy, simple to the point, great to watch. And so far, this shit sounds like it would be great to watch in and, and the sense of, in my mind, I'm excited about this movie because I don't see any negatives to me. I mean, I guess it is my podcast, so of course I'm not going to see any negatives. But I'm just saying, like, you, uh, okay, you got a black character, white villain, maybe that part. Maybe that somebody might have an issue with that. But what my response to that would be Aren't y'all tired of being the good guys? Don't y'all want to be equal? Don't y'all want equal treatment like everybody else? So I'm assuming y'all want to be bad guys too, just like everybody else. So it's cool, you'll be good, you'll be all right. right. Honestly though, when when I really sit down and think about the movie, I'm just playing y'all. Like it's all love, I want y'all to know that. I was just playing, it's all love. When I really sit down and think about this movie, I just think that going from the future and bringing back to the past allows you to do a lot more. And I saw that with Deadpool 2. Again, guys, I'm recording this really late. Again, guys, I'm recording that really late, so I apologize about the yawning. I know y'all don't want to hear all that shit in the uh, in the fucking speaker while y'all listen to this. And I appreciate everybody who's been listening in um, on our podcast. I appreciate you guys so much. Y'all are incredible people. Thank you guys so much. Um, make sure that you go by www.imbizbazaar.com. Check out all of the content we are posting there. Everything from product videos, funny commercials, everything under the sun is there, including, of course, on top of everything else, movie reviews and movie content of all kinds. We're talking about it and giving our opinion on all kinds of crazy films. And if you've got a film that you think I should watch, please make sure that you are sending me messages, you are shooting me comments, you are commenting or finding some way to communicate with me on social media. So that way I can watch whatever movie that you are you would like me to give a review about, I can give you a review about it. I want to engage with people as much as possible, especially when it comes to cinema. So please let me know what you're thinking about out there when it comes to this podcast so far. And when it comes to movies and media so far, what else should I be watching? I'm thinking about starting foreign films, Brazilian films specifically here over the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to be uh, talking about those a lot on my, uh, on my website. Make sure you are ready for that. But yeah, when it comes down to Bishop, I really believe that this movie has a lot, of the, a lot of the same potential that Captain America Civil War has just because you get to introduce the X-Men without having to worry about if the movie passes or fails because it's not about them. It's about Bishop, their sub-characters so it's not you don't have to focus on their stories you have other movies where you can focus on the x-men stories this movie just about really interacting with the character named bishop this time traveling cop and it's like who doesn't like a time traveling cop there's so many there's so many pop culture movies and stories about time traveling cops like look even power rangers made a time traveling cop edition time traveling cops are a fucking genre staple so by merging time traveling cops with mutants and telling a story about a man looking for redemption after the death of all of his team in a time traveling incident that he barely survived uh yeah i could i think a lot of people could feel with the more human story that you add to bishop by kind of talking about the trauma of coming back from the past and knowing that you can never get back to the future since Time only wants, works one way and that's forward. You can go back, but you can never go forward in time. Can't go to the future. You can only go back to the past. And that's the, that's the scariest part. His machine was always broken. He was never going back. It was a one-way trip. On. Low key, you gotta make it Terminator rules. I feel like that's the only way to really emphasize the human element of of bishop you have to he has to feel like he's alone from the moment he gets there and and that's that will allow it to have more strength and more passion in it and that will allow the character to be able to be more human and felt by people watching To me, at least. I feel like I would understand that character a lot more watching him because I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a human-ass dude. Like, he's super human. On top of everything else, one of the other great things I liked about Bishop or one of the other things I would like about Bishop is that you can introduce a lot of unknown characters as victims of, of Mount Joy or whatever it be. I just want a diverse movie. That's probably the biggest thing. I would love a movie that is uh diverse really sets itself out to be different from the beginning and allows the movie to grow and have true character range that's that's the that's the biggest thing i would want and i just think that making a movie about bishop is safer than making a movie about the x men cuz the x men you have to hire for that you have to do a lot of publicity and buzz for that but if you just make it about bishop and the x men are like a backup kind of situation it's not as it's just not as deep about them. There's, there's less screen time for them because they're not the stars. The story is about Bishop. Them niggas is the background. It's Bishop and the X Men, not X Men and Bishop. And I think that's much better. If you watch the animated series, so Wolverine and the X Men, some of the other more animated series that have come out, Bishop is a badass. Like he's one of the best characters in the X Men at that in the future. But to have him in the past, to have him interacting with some of the younger X-Men, I think that this is a great way to showcase the character in a new way while giving the X-Men a mentor and the audience someone to break down everything about mutants while not knowing anything about mutants due to the fact of the MCU not having any information of mutants so far. So it answers a lot of questions, it deals with a lot of questions, and then it, it has a lot of fun with what it is. For the most part, I mean, how could you not like the movie? It's super, oh wait, hold on, hold on. Can you get a Brooklyn style, what was that, what was that? You say, so you can get a Brooklyn style? I mean, for the most part, it's like, how can you not like the movie? It's a movie about time, a trying traveling cop. Look, y'all, if y'all can think of a better way to introduce the X-Men into the MCU or if you have a better Bishop showcase or if you have a better Bishop movie in mind, please let me know, because I would love to hear it. I am super excited um, that so far this podcast is going really well. We're dropping these videos every week. Crazy enough, it's actually a lot harder to drop videos consistently every week than y'all think. Like it, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out of you just because the consistency isn't hard to keep. I mean, the consistency is super hard to keep. You got to do it no matter what and keep it, keep it going no matter what. So you always got to have topics and they always got to be, uh, you know, you always got to be pretty energetic or excited about it when you talk about it, which I mean, of course, it's movies. So I'll always be excited about it when I talk about it. That's why I chose to talk about it. So I wanted y'all to know that uh, there is more podcasts coming. We're going to be trying to do this every single week. Uh, We're talking movies right now on TikTok. I'm doing uh, bizarre movie skits and bizarre um movie opinions. So I'm telling you my opinions on all kinds of movies. Uh, We're watching everything under the sun. I've got um, my review on Tenet dropping this week. I was supposed to drop it last week. I know I told you all on the podcast, but I'm going to drop it this week. And then I also have my review on Train to Busan 2 dropping this week as well. So make sure you guys are on the lookout for that because that will be coming out here shortly. Um, Yeah, y'all. I just want to wish everybody a great day out there whenever you're listening to this. It is... Uh, September the 14th 2020 when this is being recorded and I just want you guys to know that wherever you are in the world I hope that you are safe I hope that you are healthy I hope that you are feeling good about life and I hope that you're taking care of yourself and those around you please don't forget to give the people that you love hugs it makes more of a difference than you can imagine and it takes it does more for them than it does than you think it does and it really probably saves a lot of lives. A lot of people need hugs from the people around them and they just aren't getting them. So make sure that if you got people who are special in your life that you love, you stop for a moment and you give them a hug. You know, it's the little things that really mean the most to everybody. So make sure that y'all are out there doing that and make sure you're keeping yourself safe and out of the way um, when it comes to, you know, anything where that's, I don't know, you know just make sure you keep yourself safe out of the way of that bullshit. I don't. I don't know what else to tell you. There's a lot of bullshit out there, and uh, I would. I would hope that you guys are ducking in and avoiding it, because y'all know how I be. It's crazy out here right now, and I don't know what else to tell y'all but to be safe. I mean, I'll keep keep be safe, keep others safe, and keep as much good energy out in the world that you can muster as possible. That's the best advice that I can give you. And that's some of the best advice that was ever given to me, so that's 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 what I got for y'all. I hope everybody out there is doing amazing. I will see y'all next week back here for bizarre uh I will see y'all I will see y'all next week back here for the bizarre podcast next week we are gonna be talking about i haven't chosen chosen the movie just yet um but I think we are gonna be talking about um I'm thinking we might talk about low-key Iron Giant 2. But there's also another movie I would really I really think should be made. Um, but I wanna I wanna see if y'all will, I'm gonna see if people will engage with me about it on Twitter or TikTok. So I'm gonna do a couple little skits, I'm gonna do a couple movies or little videos about it, and we're gonna see how much engagement I can get. And we're gonna get some voting done, and we're gonna just see what people are thinking about when it comes to bizarre movies that should be made. So, yeah, y'all, I am Biz Bazaar. I will be, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and sign off now and I will see y'all next week here on Monday for another Bizarre Movies That Should Be Made. Peace.